0: Border disputes are as old as mankind, and one of the most famous disagreements happened between Maryland, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Virginia, resulting in a land survey that I'm quite sure you've come across in pop culture, the Mason-Dixon Line. What was this line? How did it work in practice, and where is it now? Today, we discover the story of the Mason-Dixon Line. I'm your host, Ryan Sokash, and you're watching It's History. Let's start off by introducing the parties involved in the dispute. First we have the romantically named state of Maryland. Wait romantic you say? Well let me explain. English King Charles the first named this entire colonial charter in honor of his wife with Sir George Calvert the first Baron of Baltimore at the helm in 1632. The land was initially purchased from the local Indian tribes and the first established town was of course St. Mary's interestingly maryland was mostly roman catholic which was rare among the 13 colonies in the early days the colony of maryland primarily made its income as a tobacco producer exploiting the enslaved in the process another state that plays into this conflict was the rainy state of pennsylvania well rainy as we might recall it from the song it always rains in philadelphia the state was established when a Quaker pacifist William Penn was granted a charter from King Charles II William quickly founded the city of brotherly love philadelphia now we might associate philadelphia with uh, rocky or cheesesteaks but william penn was mostly focused on and pretty pissed off about border overlaps basically even though pennsylvania was set around the 40th parallel its land overlapped with baltimore's land around the chesapeake bay so the third lord of baltimore charles Calvert, and penn met in may of 1683 in newcastle and things just escalated with what most assumed as a red line issue being access to the chesapeake bay at the same time calvert insisted that lands in delaware bay were included in the original 1632 charter for maryland so penn embraced the American way and took the whole dispute to court funny enough the nearest competent court was in England and they decided that Lord Baltimore didn't have a claim because the Maryland charter was only for uncultivated land and Christians had already occupied South Pennsylvania before said charter lord baltimore did not like the decision so the court decided to help the two of them work things out they proposed a compromise of splitting land between chesapeake bay with a straight line dividing the contested territory in half the line would start at cape henlopen and move along the south of the 40th parallel the final player we need to talk about in this conflict is Delaware. You see the ever-growing city of Philadelphia, which is the most southern Pennsylvanian city, had its borders pushing further and further into Lord Baltimore's land, resulting in yet another border conflict. The new case was issued into court and now the line was moved to 15 miles from the most southern Philadelphian districts, but this was only a temporary solution. Baron Baltimore quickly changed his mind and claimed that the document he signed did not agree on actual terms and then another conflict started but this one ended in violence the conflict known as Chrisop's war started as border friction that escalated into open hatred and believe it or not it all started with a ferry let me explain quaker john wright opened his ad hoc passenger ferry on the sasquehanna river in 1730. Wright got his official ferry license and could carry people from Maryland to Pennsylvania and the other way around but this whole ferry business didn't come to the particular liking of one Marylander named Thomas Chrisap who was another ferryman that opened a connection just four miles from Wright's. so in October of 1730 Chrisap was attacked on his ferry by two Pennsylvanians sepp barely escaped with his life and even though his worker was the target of the attack chris Epp decided to take care of the aggressor from pennsylvania so we took them to court and when that didn't bring results he decided to take matters into his own hands he denounced working with pennsylvanian authorities and even claimed that they worked with the attackers and native americans to drive him and his business away then pennsylvanians came for chris and the frustrated people of maryland retaliated and so on and so on the situation got so ugly that maryland needed to move its militia up north to secure the regions of conflict naturally pennsylvania did the exact same thing with that in mind it's probably easy to predict that by 1737 more formal material parts of this conflict began chris app who was now captain of a militia was raiding pennsylvania with his gang and had no regrets pennsylvanians tried to arrest him many times and eventually they succeeded they paraded him through the streets of philadelphia as he dared to exclaim damn it this is one of the prettiest cities in maryland after his arrest king george ii intervened and both colonies were forced to sign a peace treaty borderline was set 15 miles south of philadelphia and both sides exchanged prisoners because the blue rocks ferry was north of the border Thomas Chrisap never returned in 1750 Chancery Court upheld the validity of the 1732 agreement and it was the basis for Mason and Dixon to survey the famous Mason Dixon line in 1767. the surveying was done by a British team of an astronomer Charles Mason and a surveyor Jeremiah Dixon the cost of this survey came to an astonishing 3512 pounds or the equivalent of $620,000 today. The team needed to survey 244 miles of land with high accuracy, and the whole process took four years. Surprisingly, the survey left a small wedge of land in dispute between Delaware and Pennsylvania, all the way until 1921. in 1765 Mason and Dixon began their survey of the Maryland Pennsylvania line they were commissioned to run it for a distance of five degrees longitude of the Delaware River they ran it for 244 miles until they stumbled into hostile territory the duo temporarily quit but returned to finish the survey on October 11th the team made their final observations which were 233 from the starting point in 1779 Virginia and Pennsylvania agreed for the line to be stretched West so that they could create an undisputed border between the two states so in 1784 two teams of surveyors made a borderline between the Southwest corner of Pennsylvania and then West of the Ohio River this line would prove to be very symbolic to the United States of America in the coming years after Pennsylvania abolished slavery in 1781, the Mason-Dixon line became the unofficial line between the Southern slavery states and freedom of Northern states, with Delaware retaining slavery until the 13th Amendment in 1865. Curiously, the Mason-Dixon line itself had been resurveyed three more times, in 1849, 1900 and in the 1960s on October the 14th 1963 during the bicentennial of the Mason-Dixon line U.S. President John F. Kennedy opened a newly completed section of Interstate 95 that crossed the Maryland Delaware border and a sad fact about this is that it was one of Kennedy's very last appearances before his assassination in Dallas just 39 days later accordingly this section of 95 is known as john f kennedy memorial highway so now it's time to have a look at what remains of the border today the border was marked with stones brought from england at every mile there was a stone marking and every five miles was a special crownstone the stones had a special carving of an m to symbolize maryland and a p cut for the delaware and pennsylvania sides in addition to it every single crown stone had a coat of arms engraved on the corresponding side of the stone many stones still stand where they were set even though after other surveys many of these stones turned out to be miles away from the newer and actual line but they still stand there, timelessly. I actually had an occasion to visit some of the remaining crownstones of the Mason-Dixon line on my other channel, Cult America, so be sure to check out that video when we got done with this. It's hard to believe that an american border dispute nearly turned into a small-scale war leading to a line that would also come to define the division between freedom and slavery you'd never expect that a survey could be so famous that it would become prevalent in popular culture rocky's opponent was called mason dixon the line basically became a character in the cartoon southern fried rabbit where bugs bunny crosses it several times journeying from north to the south and then the other way around w dixon mason is also the name of a character in the novel people's choice by jeff greenfield and perhaps what has impacted me the most was british guitarist and songwriter mark Knopfler and his album sailing to philadelphia which basically laid out the entire story of the survey in moving and poetic terms Now, for those of you who would like to see this remarkable line and discover some of the forgotten markers you can hike the mason dixon line trail where over the course of 199 miles there are plenty of opportunities to piece it all together what's left is not much bigger than a toaster and often these markers are chipped covered in moss or just destroyed by the elements however i'd argue that their state of decay is what presents you with the physical reality of time making the mason dixon line just that much more mysterious so don't forget to check out my journey to the mason dixon line over on cult america and subscribe to its history this is ryan Sokash signing off